Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. Xavier Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer from Austin Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. We're damn trist for life. Sportscast Radio coming back after a week hiatus. Brother needs a vacation. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, Jordan? We deserve that. Can I talk about how great that, even though that song is from 2001, it still bangs? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're, you're 100% allowed to. If you'd like to even go on a tangent for a moment, be my guest. Well, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about like uh that uh that song and like, you know, I remember the music video with uh with uh Ben Stiller and you know the noisy neighbor bit, Papa Diddy Pop, P Diddy, about fifteen names before he had fifteen names. It was pretty tight. Pop. Yeah. It was good, man. That saga <laughs> continues album had some bangers on there, man. Had my joint with um with uh uh, uh, uh Carl Thomas. Uh, they had that shiny suit man skit where he's like, I did purchase a million dollar uh, <laughs> shiny suit. Uh, <laughs> got some G-Dep on there. <laughs> yeah, G-Dep. What was, the, what was that one song, he, his like big song? Uh, it was like The Sauce or something like that. What was, uh, damn, maybe it was. I think maybe I'm just Special delivery. Of, Special delivery. Yeah, there you go. This from my my Nazgul special delivery. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was that was yeah, it was tight for like three minutes. Uh, but uh, you know that that saga yeah. continues was good. Had some uh, had some loon on there, some black some black Rob talking about sucking toes or something like that. It was weird, man. It was it was a weird album. Uh, I remember the the R and B joints were really good though. The the uh, the Faith Evans and Carl Thomas one was awesome. Had a cool beat to it. Um, yeah, there, there's just just some good stuff, man. I, was Carl Thomas shout, shout, shout out the dude who had the Was Carl Thomas the one who had the track "I'm Missing You"? No, no, that that's Case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Case. Who liked yeah, to suck Case. more toes, Black Rob or Demetrius? Ah uh, man, Demetrius definitely got them toes. <laughs> Demetrius, Demetrius and myself will be doing a live. Mixer stream after the show tonight. They released a uh, pink diamond Chris Weber. So Demetrius is funding our our uh, our extravaganza to, to get the pink diamond Weber. The hunt for Weber, huh? Yeah. Uh, now before you, you should call you, timeout before you get them, even though you don't have any timeouts. Ooh, going back to the Michigan days. <laughs> Demetrius sitting in studio said he's gonna stab you next time he sees you. <laughs> We're gonna get a bronze page of Stoyakovich. <laughs> there's gonna be one of those uh, emerald Vladi Divots on there. <laughs> oh, remember, man. remember the cards that were like two cards in one? Like the one like diagonal half would be Vladi and the others would be like Scott Pollard. It'd be like Twin Towers, Fleer Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever we talk baseball cards, can you, Kate, can you do your uh, or, or cards of any kind? Can you can you do your impression of the dude that used to slang cards on on TV? The slang cards is Don West from Impact. 
I don't I don't care if it's Don West, Don Don Julio, uh, Don Johnson, <laughs> Don King. I, I want to hear it. So give me what I want to hear. We'll get it. The, I gotta say too. Hopefully we get the same luck as last. Uh, oh, he's got poo everywhere. Um, the uh, the last time we did one of these streams about a week or two ago, we did we threw a hundred bucks in to get the the pink diamond Kobe, and literally the first pack we I pulled Kobe, and it was like well. Now we're sitting on 700,000 coins and 20 more packs that we don't need. <laughs> That's the end of the stream. I mean, we kept right. going, but it was like, that was ironic. You know, because if you open up enough packs, like I said, right now, they got the throwback moment. Playoff, playoff, picture picks, baby. We got, we got the Chris Webber coming in. He's a 99 overall. You can get it all. You can get it all. We got the Sonics Ray Allen. We got the Sonics Ray Allen in tonight. Just tonight. You buy the we'll give you one bonus pack. And I'm telling you, friends, in that bonus pack, you're guaranteed at least one Ruby rookie card. 49 <laughs> online now. Phone lights are open. Oh, man. It's all about the rookies, man. The Ken Griffey rookie. <laughs> like, I, number 1990, guys, we got something for you that you're not going to believe. 1995 Flair. You open it up, and inside, you're guaranteed at least one of the Hideo No More rookie cards. You might get Boy, i tell you what, I bought one of those boxes and I got three at the Nomos. I was jacked. Oof. Oof. I was like, really, Hideo? Oh, Nomos for days. And then I bought a Hideo Nomo jersey and I was like, I'm tight as. And then I tried to pitch like him and our, like, when we play, like, outside with our friends and I would just hit people and I'm like, dang, I'm not very good at this. I I had more of the Roger Clemens, like, snap the glove behind the head and the high knee throw. I'm pretty sure um, you're no, more like Chet Stedman, uh, just grunting as you get the ball just barely across home plate. <laughs> Remember the last one when he's like, Chet, I'm taking you out. One more. Chet, I got to do it. Give me one more. Then he winds up. No. It sounded like an NHL 95 check. <laughs> Going through the boards. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get a Chet Sedman soundboard. Um, oh, this is the show tonight. We we uh, we had a guest uh, from the Tennessee Titans on last week. We had set up. Things went down. We didn't do it. He's tied up, so we're going to try to get that back on track for you guys next week. Um, Elijah, at some point, I think, is coming on and talking some boxing. Uh, Jordan's got a dope HBO top boxer list from the HBO era. There's seeds. We're going to kind of break down the tournament. It's going to be really fun. Uh, also with Elijah, we're going to talk to the Jaime Mungia versus Liam Smith fight over the weekend that we saw. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you want to, do you want to just kind of eye one of the trades, or do you want to go into both trades, or how do you want to do these Kawhi and Machados? Because you could argue two top five players in the league moved in like the same week, which is insane. Let's, in let's talk both. Let's talk both when we come back. Together, we got you covered. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Sportscast Radio. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. 
the best part though is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made in the USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative gear stand. When you send a message, your name will identify you to the other caller. Record your name after the tone. Hey yo, it's Sportscast Radio. You need to record a new greeting and record after the tone. Hit any key when you're done. Ryan Cook and Jordan Jiskra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com. That means anywhere. You're connected. Say hi. You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host Alex Mello every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blog talk. Radio.com forward slash strong style media as well. And you know, you get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With a B. This is, this is, this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free $100,000 contest week one. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. My goodness, that Jordan just told him is about the only (laughs) answer I got for that. Uh, interesting choice. Interesting. <laughs> hey, this is the talking part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Sports Cans Radio, rocking and rolling with you. KK ninety five rewind. Casey Kasem here with the ch ch jams of the day. Soldier boy, hop about the bed. That was that was unexpected. I didn't I didn't expect you to to not or to enjoy that as much, but that makes me really happy. <laughs> I guess it's one of those when I was just like that happened. Let's rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> anything behind the, uh, the the username today? Uh, it's actually uh, National Tequila Day, so uh, I had a, a margarita earlier, or a Sprite nice. margarita, as much as that was. And actually, I have a shot of tequila sitting in front of me, so I might take it. At some nice. Point. We will be uh, for those of you uh, www.mixer.com forward slash niw legend. No. 
Is it an AW legend? Yes, because it's under my Xbox gamer tag. Uh, you'll be seeing a lot of that in, uh, in uh, about two hours. <laughs> so if you want to see some ignorance, and by the way, last time we each ate about thirteen bean boozles. Uh, so there's bad. going to be the the yeah. Um, so Jordan, if you want to see more of it, Demetrius ate I think twelve last time. Ooh. Did he yak as many times as I did? No, not once. I know. That's... <laughs> That hurt. I think. What do we still owe? Ten each. Uh yeah. Now, now I wanted to live on stream, take ten and eat them all at the same time, and Ugh. Jordan talked me out of it. That was probably a good idea. It probably was. I was like, no, man, I could oh, do God. this. Oh God. I could do this, man. Yeah, I, it makes me sound like I want to puke. Yeah. So it's <laughs> hey, we had a lot of fun with it. So Jordan, if you come in, you know you can. You could spit some uh, some fun with us. I know we got some people waiting to to come in again last time, and then we'll get the proverbial once we're hammered. Everyone's like, "Can we play you?" Uh, last time, Demetrius played the a guy and lost like eighty two to forty. It was. <laughs> he's like he's like I'm gonna beat you. I got big time and Kobe was just shooting Steph Curry shots. <laughs> like it was like no, it's not gonna work. But we got That's diamond. Not how Kobe we got, does it. No, we got man that Kobe be throwing windmills. Woo! I can't wait. We'll get into that, but let's get into the let's get into it here. Um, Jordan, where do you oh, want to go? You want to go Kawhi or you want to go Manny? Because I I got some some good takes for both of them. It's it's really interesting. Obviously, we were talking about Kobe because I was like, ah, we could go to Los Angeles and talk about Machado, but then we could also keep it basketball and go Kawhi. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> let's let's keep it with La La Land though. Let's 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 talk Machado because I got some interesting stats. And and here's one too that I like is realistically they kind of both tie with L.A. And I think as you know as as L.A. fans, I know you're a Laker fan, but you know me, I'm diehard Dodgers too. Um, and I, I don't really, you know, you're Yankees, I think you said. So, but, you know, Dodge, I'm looking at my Dodger baseball glove hanging off the wall right now. Um, these are good for both teams. And if you want to full circle it, uh, Manny Machado, I got two interesting facts. Demetrius, I'm going to ask you one since you're sitting in as just a little fun guest listening. So here's the mic for you. Um, do you want question one or question two? I don't know nothing about this stuff. Well, that's why we're going to just try it. Go for two. What do you think Manny Machado's number is? What, his jersey number? Yes, his jersey number. That's why I'm asking you this one. That's weird. That's a random question. Think, think about it when I say L.A. We're looking around with. Eight? He's wearing number eight. And why is he wearing number eight? I don't know. Why is he wearing eight? Because Kobe Bryant's his favorite NBA player, even though he grew up in Miami. God. Jordan, question number two. What is Manny Machado's dog name? It's a, it's a Siberian Husky. Mark Madsen. Ah, that is an incorrect answer. I will. It is Kobe Demetrius. You are correct. So, he's uh, he's very excited to be in LA. I'm I'm really thrilled about this. Um, but let's let's go into it. You got some you got some fun stats. Let's let's talk some numbers quick. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, since uh, joining the old uh, the old Dodger Blue, there he's uh, been crushing as far as it goes, hitting three thirty three. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, one ribby. Uh, he's got a triple, a double under his knees, his belt. He hasn't quite parked one yet, but uh, he's still definitely contributing in that uh, that lineup. 500 slugging percentage, OPS is 900. Uh, that's just phenomenal. I also, I watched him against the Brewers, and, and uh, I don't, dude, dude's arm is amazing. I, I, I'm that this if this doesn't put them over the hump, if the, if the Dodgers cannot win it this year, it will be a complete and utter failure of 
the talent on the field. There's nothing to say otherwise. They have it all. If injuries aside, they're awesome. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The, the injuries, I think, will play a little bit of a role, as, as it always does. You know what I mean? It, just, it is what it is. Um, the bullpen every year is always what I complain about. I complain at the, every one of you guys. It's, you know, do I got to watch Pedro freaking Baez? Do I have to watch Jeff Blanton? They have a lot of scrubs. And last year, one of their bright points was Brandon McCarthy, who I don't remember the exact team. I want to say like Colorado or Chicago or something. I'm probably way wrong. Um, you know, I can even look it up. Uh, he's on the Braves now. Yeah. So the Braves signed him away from, from the, uh, the Dodgers. He was their, their, one of their main go-to relievers to lead into Kenley. And now he's the Braves closer. And, I mean, look at the Braves this year. They're in first place. So they took the one bright spot that that rotation did have in the bullpen. I know they're going to be able to transition Walker Bueller into it. I know they can use Kent Maeda again for those late innings against right-handed hitters. But it's still going to be a pitching thing. And I don't know. I mean, we saw last year the team put up 14 runs and still lost a game in the World Series. Yeah. They're still – about 62 games left for a give or take for most teams in the league. Um, you know, I know the playoffs are going to be obviously the time where we really ramp this up when, when things are going. But I want to talk briefly about the end of the season aspect and where these ramifications go. What are the chances you think he actually stays in uh, Los Angeles after the 2018 season? Uh, I, I would say 95% no. Wow. And I am I am a hundred percent okay with that. What if they win it because of him? Here's here's the only reason why I don't think it happens is Andrew Friedman, Farhan Zaidi. They don't they don't like to offer big deals like that. We saw that the the Dodgers went from having one of the biggest payrolls to slowly dwindling away from the payrolls. Um, you're here. Here's the other problem. Um, Corey Seager's got Tommy John. You know, had Tommy John's. He's out. He's coming back. He's extremely cost controlled, and he plays the same position as Machado. So it was one of those things where it just was a freak occurrence that Machado was on the trade block the year before he becomes a free agent, the same time as Corey Seager goes down for the year. So they're going to have Seager back. Machado said he doesn't want to play third base. And I don't see a reason to move Seager to second base either, which, to be fair, makes sense because with the Tommy Johns, it's less throwing. I like the move. I just don't see them spending all that money to keep him when, you know, they're going to, regardless of what people may say or think, they got to bring back Kershaw. You can't let Kershaw walk. And I know Kershaw is going to take a hometown discount, which is better, but I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think this was literally, let's just get Machado. Let's take a chance for it. He'll walk at the end of the year. We're not going to pay him 300-some million dollars. And I think he's going to go to the Phillies anyway because they're a team who's on the rise. The the old GM who drafted him that he really liked from Baltimore is the GM of Philly now. So it kind of it kind of makes the most sense. But, you know, does the 5% of me that thinks it could happen want it to happen? Of course. You mean to tell me I, I, I wouldn't want to bring back Manny Machado? I'm, you'd think I'm crazy, but I definitely do. I just don't see it happening. Interesting. 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, total salary right now is sitting at uh, 196 million. Uh, they are the number one salary in the league. Um, that's just uh, a fact, um, which is uh, pretty intense. How many? How many of those are guys like? How much are they still paying Scott Casimir? Like guys uh, like Cas- that are still getting paid. You know, as far as far as ranks on their salaries here, and this is according to ESPN's docket here. Um, number one, obviously, is Clayton Kershaw getting that thirty-five milli. Uh, yeah. Justin Turner gets twelve. Rich Hill gets twelve. Uh, Kenley Jansen gets ten. Uh, Forsythe, uh, Yasmani. Uh, now Forsythe will be gone. He'll be so Forsythe will be out of there. Um, yep, that's, that's Grandal's going to be out of there. Yep. That, so that's ten million dollars you're getting back right there. It's so it's it, and it's one of those things. Yes, I mean I know their salary is ridiculous. One hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. But you look at the top down of the guys. Like look at the core group that they're building around. What does Bellinger make? What does Seager make? Um, oh yeah, Bellinger, Bellinger still uh, still had five hundred thirty five k. I mean he's nothing. <laughs> yeah. What does Chris Taylor make? Uh, Chris Taylor, five thirty-five. Yeah, so it's they've gotten to the point now where they they're they're they've rebuilt this team, and you know, I'll admit it. I'm glad they still spend money. It's you know, L.A. We you know you could definitely attest that this is a Lakers fan. This is a what have you done for me lately type city, and oh, when yeah, absolutely. the this you know the Los Angeles Kings, regardless of hockey fans are not listening. Getting Ilya Kovalchuk to come back from Russia and getting him for four million bucks or whatever a year is a freaking steal. That guy's preserved his body for three years over there, not taking a beating in the KHL. That was a big move, and instantly the Kings became ooh talk of the town. The Rams then go and get Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Indomitian Sue. Boom! Now the Rams are the big talk. The Lakers say, okay, well we'll get LeBron James. They're the talk. So, I, you know, as, as that ma- mantra, I'm glad the Dodgers said, well, we'll get Manny Machado then, because that's what you got to do. And, and they did it. And I'm glad that they don't shy away from that, even though it is the Tampa Bay Rays front office that kind of been moved in by Magic Johnson. They're a tremendous front office. They just don't spend money because they have a good eye for talent. But with the, you know, with the, the market that you have, the history you have, and the, the team you have with the Dodgers – I'm glad they didn't shy away from it and did spend some of that money when the, the ownership's like, look, we love that you're saving us money and developing talent. But that guy's standing there. Go get him. And they did it. So it's kind of a catch-22, you know what I mean? And it, it, it's a good thing. No, absolutely. You're 100% right. It, it, they have to make the moves. and Definitely not only to put butts in seats, but also to try to win that championship. They want to hoist that pen at the end of the year, and it's going to end. And, and they have a very strong chance for it to happen. Yeah. And, and I think it's wide open right now. Now I'm going to say this. Obviously, I want to, you know, I, we'll talk, you know, talk about Manny Machado. But you know, there's some people who, who, um, you know, are still a little upset that they gave away five prospects. But let's look at this. Go back, go back two years ago, not last year, but the year before. Uh, you know, end of trade deadline 2016. Dodgers got Josh Reddick and Rich Hill from the, the athletics and they got rid of Jarrell Cotton, who I was a big fan of, hasn't panned out. Grant Holmes hasn't panned out. The only one that really had was Frankie Montez, um, who's, who's been in that Orioles or that, that athletics rotation. But Frankie Montez hasn't had a better two and a half years than Rich Hill. 
So right there, I consider that a win. Josh Reddick isn't even on the team anymore, so it is what it is. You essentially gave Montill uh, for Rich Hill. Rich Hill, I think, wins that trade. So right there, it's like, okay, who cares that we got rid of those prospects? They were expendable prospects. You talk about last year, they got, they got rid of you Dar, or to get you Darvish. They had to get rid of Willie Calhoun and a few other players. Willie Calhoun has yet to be seen what he can do. But um, Alexi hasn't done anything for, for the Rangers. You know, it, it's kind of one of those things where I'm not – and Alexi's got, you know, next year will probably be up. But still right there, you gave up those guys. And regardless of what people think of what you Darvish did in the World Series where he did bomb, he was the reason you beat the Nationals and Cubs. So as much as people harp on him for the Astros, you wouldn't have got there without him because he had four stellar games in those series. You know, yeah. so catch 22 once again. Then let's look at what they did for Manny Machado. They gave up Yusniel Diaz, who was the guy that really wasn't on my radar. I was more concerned about giving up Kiebert Ruiz or Yadier Alvarez or obviously Alex Verdugo, who's the number one prospect in the organization. And then you get rid of any of them. Uh, you know, Diaz hit two homers in the future game, so everyone got a boner for him. Boom, great. You move him, keep the other three. Kiebert Ruiz, I'm hoping, is the successor to Barnes and Grandal to free up that money. You got rid of Dean Kremer, never heard of him, uh, Ryland Bre- uh, Bannon, Zach Pop, and a third baser named Breviak Valera. I don't, I've never heard of any of these guys, and I got Manny Machado. So everybody's mad about the prospects. We essentially got rid of Frankie Montiel, or Frankie Montez, and some prospects, and got back Machado. We rented Darvish and still got Rich Hill. I think it's a good haul. So for everyone yeah. freaking out about the prospects, they didn't trade any of the prospects that really mattered. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying there, and I think it's, it's impressive. Um, that, yeah, you know, he's already making a good splash there. It looks like the chemistry is good. Uh, I think they got him hitting in the two slot, and uh, he's yeah. been raking. And, yeah. and actually, everyone around him has been doing stellar. I think at one point, I think it was like uh, – the guys that were like combined like 16 for like 32 or something like that. Like they were hitting combined 500, which is gross. Beat the Brewers who were fighting with the top spot in the entire, uh, in the entire uh, NL as a whole, 11, two on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, and, and they were in Milwaukee. They were in Milwaukee. Matt Kemp went, went yard twice. I mean, look at this. Look at what they're bringing to the table. They're rocking. They got Chris Taylor leading off Machado in the two Turner in the three Bellinger in the four Muncie in the five and Matt Kemp in the six. Yeah. Just gross. And and Kemp had two home runs and he's an all-star and he's in the six slot. You got Kike in the seven. You got jock. You got, I mean, dude, this lineup is just disgusting. It's honestly, it's it's very it's very reminiscent of almost those uh, those those early two thousands Yankees teams. Like you, there's yeah. nobody to there's nobody to batter there's nobody to pitch around because you know you're you're either going to get somebody who can make contact for whatever reason, or you can get somebody who can knock the ball out of the park. It's just you know, it's, it's pretty obnoxious. You're not you you got to Jeter because you can't skip Scott Borchus. You can't skip Bernie Williams. I mean, it's, it's these guys, I mean, you're right. You're 100% right, and that's what they're running into. It's like, all right, well, we could pitch to this Matt Mun- Max Muncy guy. Who the hell is he? Oh, he's just hit 20 home runs since coming up in May. He's doing the Bellinger of last year. Mm. Well, who do we got after him? Well, now we got Justin Turner. 
What's after him? Well, now we got Cody Bellinger, who was the rookie of the year and could have been an MVP as a rookie. Damn, what do we do next? Oh, now we got all-star Matt Kemp. Hmm, this sucks. <laughs> you, what do you, what do you, I don't know what you do here. And yeah, it's... They got a shot, but I, my only hope for this, Jordan, is, you know, they get, they get beat in the divisional. Then, then in 2015, they win the divisional. 2016, they, they make it to the, the NLCS. And then 2017, they make it to the World Series. So every year they've advanced. This year, to me, is the only advancing is winning it. Yeah, no, and, and they, they definitely can't go out in the early round after making those moves. That's, that's just something that should not, could not, cannot happen. Um, it's going to rely on your pitching, just like you said. Uh, anything else to add? Well, speaking of pitching, there's talks now going around that the Orioles are in complete rebuild. They knew they, they know they don't have a shot. They're talking about moving Zach Britton, which I had said I was telling people that I thought there's a chance because of the salary they can unload and because it's a trade, it won't put the Dodgers over the luxury tax, which they're trying to avoid, um, where where they could get Zach Britton. Well, it didn't go down in the trade. Sal, you know, it was what it was. There's talk that the Dodgers could move Yasiel Puig to Baltimore for Zach Britton. Puig's been tearing the cover off the ball, but I can't lie. They got a lot of outfielders in the Dodgers. And if you mean to give me, I can have Zach Britton in the eighth with Kenley in the ninth. I got bad news for you. As as of an hour ago, they actually agreed to get Britton to the Yanks. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Nope. Uh, uh, the New York uh, Yankees have reportedly agreed to acquire Baltimore Orioles reliever Zach Britton in exchange for three players pending physicals. Uh, that's courtesy of CBS Sports. Man, I'm so bummed. At like five o'clock, I was like, dude, this might happen. And I'm, I, I, psych myself up to being okay with parting with the man who's the lights. My, if you go in Sydney's room, his light switch cover is Yasiel Puig. Like I was ready to move on from it. Oh. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Sorry. It, uh, I, I had, I was actually, I was, I was, I was kind of waiting for you to bring him up. Sorry, man. That I, I still... He's got like a five ERA. He's been trashed since he came back anyway. Dude's a scrub. He ain't going to help the Yankees anyway. See how quick I, I can turn stats from a positive to a negative? I, I, he's got a, for the record, he's got, he's got a 3.45, I think is what he's got. Oh, he but, finally brought uh, it down. But, uh, <laughs> he, he's also, He's also played half as many games uh, at this point as he did last year. Uh, <laughs> that still makes me laugh like, so hard. Them, like sales, them sales went down quick, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We don't need them. We don't need them when we're scoring 20 runs a game. Uh, I told you, I, all I want is the Yankees-Dodgers World Series, and I'll be a happy man. This will only make it better because you and I will watch a couple games together, and, uh, and it'll be fun. You need the Yankees to get everything they can to beat the Astros because the Astros are always going to be dangerous. Oh yeah, they they got a, they got a, they got a very uh, it's weird. I want to say a fundamentally sound baseball team, but you know what I mean. Like like they're just very well put together. I, that's all I can say about them. I just hope uh, I hope Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton corner uh, punk ass Uniel Gonzalez or whatever. Uh, in, in the corner and be like, hey, homie, we got to talk to you. And just pound his ass out. He's like, Dodgers <laughs> should have won last year. 
Oh man! Um, speaking of punking out a little bit, wh- let's let's switch uh, to the round ball and the hardwood. Before you what switch, you before think? you switch, oh, before you switch, I gotta ask you about this. Okay. What do you do? You have like stats or standings open right now? I got everything, babe. I got everything. <laughs> um, what is the Washington Nationals record right now? The Washington Nationals record. Uh, they are boom, 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 boom. They're a, a one game under five hundred. They're how many games up? Four, they're forty-nine and fifty. How many games out of first are they? They are six games out of first. Games out of first. Probably what five out of the wild card. Mm, looking at the wild card, they're still yeah, right around right around there. Brewers looking like a wild card team, and Diamondbacks right now looking like a wild card team. So, ooh, that means the Dodgers passed the Diamondbacks, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Hey, girl, can you believe this team was like nine and twenty at one point? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, uh, that was me earlier. I was like, we got to get a writer on. I'm in panic mode. Oh God! Help me! I can't breathe. Oh, I was like the great lady. Um, if say say next week trade deadline, you know next Tuesday I believe it's trade deadline actually. Uh, the Nationals are ten games out of the, out of the playoff spot. It's basically they're done. What do you think the odds are they're willing to listen to offers last day on Bryce Harper? Knowing they probably won't keep him because they probably can't pay him, he gave he gave everyone in Washington the final hoorah and his send off at the home run derby, which was an amazing way to go out. Am I that crazy uh, to think that there's a chance that they're ten games out and they know they're not keeping him? They say, "Screw it, let's be smarter than teams and let's do what the what the Orioles did and let's move them." Man, here's 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 the big. I, I think there's a larger difference. They have to be a little more. Oh God, six games out right now. That's that's hard. That, you know, that's look at this. Like the Phillies and the Braves are getting any weaker. If anything, they're getting better. Yeah. And the Cubs uh, are surging to the point where they've now passed the Brewers, who are still playing well. And I'll tell you uh, what, we saw this last year. You ain't catching the Diamondbacks. Brewers are tanking a little bit. They're two. They had two and eight out of the last ten. Well, and they just had like a four-game series with the Dodgers, though, so that doesn't yeah. help. That was with the, they ran into the first series the Dodgers had with Machado, like oh bleep, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I I want to I want to say they'll listen, but do I think they make the move? I don't think they do. I think they want to keep the butts in the seats. I think they want to have a good farewell moment, a thanks for everything. I think, I think it's more likely he stays. It's like if you're in the Nationals organization and the feeling is he's probably not sticking around, don't you got to move him so you don't eat that next year where everyone goes, you knew you weren't keeping this guy. You knew you weren't going to pay him what he wanted. Why would you let him just walk? I, I, again, butts and seats at the, for the last 60 games. All right, butts and seats for the last sixty, and you get to you get to you get to merch the hell out of them. 
What what happens then next year when when you have no butts and seats for 162 as opposed to 40 more? Yeah, you know that, and that's but that's the thing is you're, you're going to have no butts and seats regardless of what you get for them. You're you're not going to you know what I mean? Like it's it's not going to make a difference this year or next. Potentially, I mean, I guess it just depends on what you get for them. But I just here here's here's something I'm thinking of is what if a team like the Cubs who are streaking, and if you're the Cubs, you got to be thinking. And this is why I say this, because the Cubs are starting to come back. And with the fact of what the Dodgers did with Manny Machado, the Cubs know they can't beat the Dodgers. They couldn't last year, and they had a better team last year than they they did this year, and the Dodgers handed them their ass for the most part. We have to make some type of a splash to counter what they did with Machado. And if I'm the Cubs, I'm going, what if we go get Bryce Harper? That's the most sense of anything. If, I mean, I mean, if, if you're the Cubs, you've got to be thinking we have to do something equally as impressive because we couldn't beat them before, and their bats are stronger this year. I mean, they yeah. bring up a kid who's got 20 home runs in a month and a half. Makes the home run derby. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, the, and that's, they, they slot people in and people are still, oh, Matt Kemp, they had to take him back because of a salary reason. Oh, he's an MVP candidate. Like, this team just adds people and is it, they instantly, like, it's like they just came back from training in, in Dragon Ball Z and they're stronger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, it's, you have to make some kind of a move. That, I, like, with the way that I explain that and talk it through, I'm not that crazy, am I? You know, Epstein is definitely a GM to think or make that move. Um, whether they have the, the depth in the farm system, I'm a little too sure. Um, they did just get drug uh, by the Diamondbacks the last two games. In fact, uh, 7-1 and 5-1 uh, against your division rival there. Um, <clears throat> still got two more games with the Cubs coming up here, but... Uh, it's that's tough, man. I, I, I just, again, I don't see, I'll see them listening, but I don't see Washington making that move. I, unless, and, unless, and the, I, unless the offer sweet, unless the offer sweet, but, but who, what, what are people going to offer? Yeah. And, and I think it all depends. Like, I think people are willing to offer if they know that they're, that people are going to listen. Um, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do they give up Oscar De La Cruz? I mean, do the Cubs willing to part with him? Are they willing to part with a guy like Brendan Little? I, I just I don't know if they're getting ready, ready to give up, you know, two top five pitchers in their in their organization for a rental. But I just I say with what we're seeing Machado and the Dodgers do, and once again to go with my point of the Nationals ain't catching the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks drumming the Cubs. The Cubs need to do something, and I, I think it's not. If you, if I would have said this a week ago, I think you could have called me an idiot, called me, oh wow, that's you're crazy, that's far fetched. But I think with the, what we saw over this last weekend with this trade and how this is playing out, I think there's a good chance something, something doesn't happen. But I'm way more inept to think something may happen now than I would have a week ago. Hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they got uh, they got this new uh, middle reliever that came out the other night. Uh, Anthony Rizzo got to pitch a couple uh, couple. <laughs> couple <laughs> oh man! I just 
I mean, wouldn't that be nuts if all of a sudden we just see next Tuesday Bryce Harper to the Cubs? I mean, I just I I I'd be willing to go look. I told you guys that I think it could happen. Rather than if, if, oh my god, this happened. Next drinks on me if uh, if if he goes to the Cubs. Deal, and and I'm assuming it won't happen, but I just. You know, or you know, we talk about Zach Britton to the Yankees. Yankees, Yankees, obviously going in. Who's to say the Yankees don't make a play for him because they have a, they think they can keep him? Oh yeah, and I think actually because he, who's been on the block? Um, Didi's been on the block, so uh, yeah, this actually that that could possibly be. I think that's more realistic than going to the Cubs. So, I mean, so this is why I say I think there's a better chance than not that. Something might happen. I don't think it will. But, you know, look what I said after the LeBron thing happened. I said, look, I still have a feeling there's still going to be a big name that moves. And, you know, where you were about to get to moved. And a lot of people said, I don't think he's going to move. I think he may still play a game with San Antonio and they'll, they'll try to trade him at the deadline. It still happened. And it was one of the most out of left field moves that happened, too. Like, they just kind of came out of nowhere in the trade thing. And then two days later, they were in it. So that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I think there's more to what, what could be happening in the next week because I think if the Nationals are smart, they'll they'll look at what Baltimore did and went, look, the Phillies and the Braves completely retooled and waited for their turn and basically did what the Astros did. We had our window and we failed. We got to retool now too. What's the best way to get prospects back? Not drinking tequila. <laughs> but let's continue with the next part that you were going to go with. I, I, I didn't want to, didn't want to stop the momentum, but I really wanted to just, especially with us talking Machado Harper two weeks ago too. I really yeah. wanted to just bring that up. I still contend uh, Harper's a three hundred dollar million, uh, three hundred million dollar man uh, at the end of next, uh, at the end of the the free agency. Um, and, and I think the home run derby thing definitely helped bring bring his stock back up. I think that was one of the funnest home run derbies I've ever watched. But what about when uh, Justin Mordo <laughs> uh, won the dang world? Uh, Does anybody have a more boring batting swing than Justin Morneau? Oh man, the be- the best thing about that was when uh, the the guy that handed him the trophy called him Jason. <laughs> Seriously, go back and look it up. Uh, at the uh, <laughs> at the home run derby, uh, the home run derby guy that hands him the award calls him Jason Morneau. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's too freaking funny. That's too funny. Yeah. That's that's the epitome of what the twins were too. Just, you know, it's like I'm like, ah doesn't surprise me. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> it just kills me. Um but yeah, I mean just like you know, like you said, I mean obviously we're switching over to basketball here. Um if you're do you feel do you share the sentiment in regards to um in regards to Kawhi uh, not being happy, I realistically both guys not happy about the trade. What, yeah. what, what do you do? What do you do when you're the, 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 the receiving team of these guys who both obviously have um, feelings about this trade? What, what do you do to, to smooth that, uh, smooth that road? Um, obviously you warm them to the team, but look, you're under contract, bro. <laughs> it, it's just, it's what Cleveland shit it with Kyrie. 
Oh, you're going to sit out all year with a bad knee. Great. We want you healthy next year anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and, and it's people talking. And I get DeRozan's case more than Kawhi because DeRozan re-signed with that team and then they moved him. And, you know, I said this, I said this a couple weeks ago or a month ago. When they fired Dwayne Casey, I said that was the stupidest thing they could have done because Masai Ujiri wants to blow this team up and it's much easier to get rid of the coach than to move multiple pieces. And I, that's why he got rid of the coach. The funny thing is, obviously, there is rumors about DeRozan before the the, the season even ended. Yeah, about, about um, being moved after after. Well, I mean, after they got bounced out, obviously. But but you know what I mean? Like there was rumors. I I think both guys should be happy. You know, if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I now get to go to a team who was the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year, the third best record in the NBA. You now have the easiest road you've ever had to the finals. I would be happy if I'm Kawhi Leonard. And if, I mean, except for that, the tax he's going to have to pay now. But if I'm, if I'm DeRozan, look, I get to go to a team now that, that it's my team. It's not me and me and Kyle Lowry's team. It's, I got a team with, with some good young talent. I have Greg Popovich coaching me. I got LaMarcus Aldridge, who's a big, I finally have a big with me. You know, when they're like nothing against Jonas Valanciunas or when they thought Bismack Biombo was the deal, but he's never had a, a you know a great big Andrew Bogut might have still been there. I don't know, but I think it's a good a good fresh start for both of them. And I'll say this: I think both organizations should be ecstatic with the deal. You know, if you're San Antonio, you got a perennial top three, top four shooting guard in the NBA. And, uh, you know, he was an all, all team NBA last year and he's coming in and you have him under contract for two, three years. So he's controlled. So now you have him. And I think Masai Ujiri has got to look at this the same way Sam Presti looked at it when he traded Oladipo and Sabonis for uh, Paul George, you know, people don't go to Toronto and OKC, in free agency, you got to draft him or acquire him in trades. He took a chance on his team and it worked. Paul George resigned. Masai Ujiri's taking a chance on his team. If and if Kawhi doesn't resign, you shed all that salary cap that you gave the DeRozan when you're trying to rebuild. So I think it's a win-win whether he stays or goes for Masai Ujiri. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you're right in regards to the salary cap aspect. Uh, let's just go head to head. If these teams magically were to both make their uh, their respected uh, conferences victories here uh, and meet in the finals, uh, who you got? Wait, wait, you look at these rosters. I got to be honest. I mean, you, you spun a couple positives there in regards to the Spurs side of things, but I look at this. Uh, I look at this Toronto team, and I, man, I don't see them coming out on top of the East this year. No, I. I think it doesn't help how good Boston and Philly are going to be. But, I mean, look at look at the team that they had last year. You're essentially flipping out DeRozan for Kyle Lowry, or, I mean, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I, to be honest with you, you know, and they added Danny Green as a filler piece for Paul Siakam, I think, or whoever it was that, that went out with them. So, I mean, if you, you know, if you want me to be fair – this team was the number one seed and you flipped DeRozan for Kawhi. I think that's an upgrade. I think they can still be the number one seed. Okay. Uh, um, 
Kyle Lowry's Kyle Lowry's a great point guard. People got to look at that. Um, Danny Green's going to help. Abaka's a good presence down low. They're going to get more minutes now for a guy like Malachi Richards, who maybe can do something. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was arguably six man of the year. Maybe he did win six man of the year. So now he gets to step into more of a role. They they didn't have to move a guy like Jonas Valanciunas or Norman Powell. They have a really good depth with this team too. I mean, OG Anunoboy, uh, Anunobi is a nice young piece. They don't, they have a good little team and it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because every, the sexy pick is going to be Philly. We all know that, but to be fair, Philly didn't really do anything. And Uh, I understand it doesn't matter, but. I, I get it. I, you know, but I mean, it, it's, and then, I mean, I look at the opposite side of that and I look at DeMar DeRozan, who's obviously in the, the, the worst conference that you could possibly be in. Yeah. Um, if you want to try to win anything right now. Um, but then I look at his team and I see at least six white guy creative players from NBA 2K on there. Um, you got <laughs> Matt Costello, Davis Burtons, uh, Jeffrey Laverne, Jacob Potal, uh, and you got two guys who didn't even get picture day pictures. Are you kidding me? Don't hate on Jakob Pertl and uh, Davis Bertans, man. And they got Marco Bellinelli, baby. <laughs> That's oh my God. Bellinelli from Philly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that is, that is, that is probably one of the bigger moves in regards to that, to try to get that team back on track after the, uh, you know, after getting rid of Tony Parker, you still have uh, Manu Ginobili who magically somehow, somehow seems to get a little, like I, I, I love Manu Ginobili, and just because the fact that he is, um, he's he he is what Paige Stoyakovich was supposed to be, like factually. He, you know, that's a good. Thing. They they brought back Rudy Gay. Um, yeah. Paul Gasol can play in the minutes that they give him. Yeah. And, you know, they still got Patty uh, DeJounte, Mills. Who's... Yeah, Patty Mills, but Dejounte Murray is ready to step in as the as the point guard of this team. He is a, he's like 20 years old. He's tremendous. And if there's one thing the Spurs can do is they can, they can take guys who don't get drafted early that should have and fall to them or, or grab players that shouldn't be drafted and they make it work. I love Lonnie Walker, the fourth coming out of the hurricanes. I think that is the best fit for Lonnie Walker. He is going to succeed in this offense. I, I, I think, I think you're right. It's one of those things. Obviously, Popovich is the difference maker there because he takes a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, he's 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 the Bill Belichick of basketball, and the fact that he's he's a very next man in kind of guy, and you either produce or you end up uh, you end up you know working at uh, an In and Out Burger uh, somewhere in Arizona. But uh, but but it just is what it is. I I just I. I I feel for both of these guys because they're in places they don't want to be, which I guess is, is something to be said. But, but at the end of the day, man, ah, oh, I, I think Kawhi's got the uh, the better upside, like you said. Does, and and here's the one thing too, is if you're Demar Derozan, you're gonna get over it because when that if and when that team does succeed, he's gonna be happy. And I think it's. I think DeRozan's more unhappy because of his loyalty to Toronto. I think that's why he's more mad because instead of going to LA like he wanted where he's from and he chose to stay and then they burned him. So I could see where that's the anger. You know, Kawhi Leonard, 
look, Kawhi Leonard should be happy. I I don't understand why Kawhi Leonard's angry. Um, as, and this up is there. Why I, oh, tough, tough. You know what? Tough, tough. And it's cold in the D. It's so cold <laughs> in the D. So cold in the D. How do we supposed to keep peace? <laughs> um, but like. This is what I say as Laker fans, we win, and Kawhi should think the same sentiment I'm saying to you right now, Jordan. Kawhi already said he ain't resigning in Toronto. He, he already basically said that. We now get to acquire Kawhi Leonard next year, and we didn't give up Lonzo, Kuzma, Josh Harder, Brandon Ingram. We won. Wait for him to come to the Clippers. Man, all right, well, that's all the time we have for SportsCast Radio. <laughs> But like, you know, and that's where if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I wish I'm happy that they didn't trade for me. Why do you want to go to the team after they just got stripped of their young core and draft picks? You get to now just walk there with the same things that you know the thing. A lot of the things LeBron left that went there for. You know, I said to you when we talked about LeBron going there, Magic Johnson walked in the house and he goes, all right, this is what I'm going to be able to do with Lonzo. This is what I can do with Kuz. This is what I can do with Hart. This is what I can do with Zubats. And Magic Johnson's going, holy bleep, I don't even have to, to pitch you the team. You already are going to tell me what you're going to do with all the young talent. Kawhi Leonard should be going, yes, we get to walk in with all these kids who are motivated, want to play basketball, will buy into our system, and are running gun enough where we can preserve ourselves and not have to break down the defense all season, and we can save ourselves for the playoffs, and we're going to make a run with it. Like, this is the best-case scenario. The only thing that, that could happen is if we get Paul George Sam Presti where – he stays in Toronto. But I don't think this is the same situation as Paul George. This is, Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be there. We know he doesn't want to be there. I'm not nervous about him not being there. Hmm. Okay. All right. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you take us to break, and then maybe we talk, uh, talk a little fisticuffs. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Don't go away. right back. Sportscast Radio. Lakers! <laughs> the damn thing didn't start Let's do this again We'll be right back Sportscast Radio Dodgers Most people Would consider this Illegal 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 What was mere vision Suddenly became a reality When you put a bunch of entities together And you bundle into one Giant conglomerate Baby, you get strong foul media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company. And I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my Hey, 
Alex Mello here, one half of the Pop Culturist, inviting you to get your pop culture fix every Wednesday night here on the Strong Style Media Network. Alongside Half Pine Kyle Adams, we'll see who got beat down at the box office, run down the Manic Movie Minute, find out what Kyle has for his musical mantra, and you hear our takes on the latest in film, the television, and the music. Listen to The Pop Culturist every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media or search strong style media on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and Player FM. Strong Style Media, we are conglomerates. Greetings and salutations to fight fans. It's your boy Dub. One half of standing eight count radio. You want fight analysis, news, a look in the local Minneapolis, Minnesota boxing team? Then tune in Sundays, 10 p.m. Central Time. Shout, shout out listen to Ryan Cook and I break down If you don't know where to find us, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Jordan. Play, and Blog Talk Radio. What? Jordan must have left. That's the standing eight count radio. Maybe. And that's presented by Strong Style Media. We'll see what happens. We are conglomerate. As the commercial break ends. Um, apparently, well, because this thing is still going, but not, unless we got kicked off the What's radio. the difference between me and you? Me and you. What's the difference between me and you? Back hmm. with you. We'll try this. Uber facts. The most unimportant things you'll off. never need to know. I didn't get kicked off. Can you hear me? Yo. Oh, we ain't there no more. He left. All right. Well, I guess we're back here. We got we got kicked uh, hardcore. Do this. Hello. 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 Hey. hey. Jordan, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, fuck! Aaron. Nope. We're going to call back. Uh oh. <laughs> We're doing. Can you hear me now? Well, Jordan has officially left. Um, we're having a little technical difficulties. I was going to try to make this work here. Let's see if Jordan comes back in this, because I wanted to play some Uber facts before uh, before we left. I got um, I can't let y'all see the phone though, because everything was on the phone. Let me just make sure that this is working. Here. Uber facts: the most unimportant yeah. things you'll never need to know. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, I should try to get out. We'll see if Jordan calls it. Yeah. Can you hear, can you so hear Jordan, me now? Jordan, Jordan, we're on the phone now. Just a go. What? Jordan. Yo. We are, for whatever reason, we got kicked. Kicked. So we're on speakerphone. Speaking. That's terrible. That's yeah, terrible news. I had. So I'm going to try to. Everything was playing fine on my side, too. That's the weird thing. Yeah, I was like, man, we can't hear the commercial anymore. I was like, Jordan booted the commercial wrong again. No, no, the commercial was working fine. I think you guys just got flat out booted because I was I heard yeah, it did. all. The exhibit started playing and then life was good. Okay, we got we missed the exhibit? Yeah, man. I had a little what's the difference plan? 
oh, what's the difference between me and you? Just one week, Jen's song we were listening to here. Jen's in the house because we we're, were about to play something here. Um, what the hell? What, what, what was the exhibit song, or who was exhibit the other day, Jen? <laughs> we're watching something. She's like, that guy looks like exhibit. <laughs> I told her what was it was. Was it training day? <laughs> <laughs> what show are we watching the other day? Hey! Let's do it now. Back, back on the street. There we go. Hey, we're back. Much better, yeah. Right. There we go. Now, we're watching some show, and, and Jen's like, this dude looks like uh, looks like uh, Exhibit. <laughs> anyway. Was it Pit My Ride? Here. No, it was, I, what did we watch the other night? Oh, no, it, it was the chef from uh, Bar Rescue. The one guy's like, you got to put a little bit of seasoning in here. <laughs> She's like, Shut that it looks down. like the exhibit. <laughs> it was when you called me, and I was like, we're watching Bar Rescue. Shut nice. it down. He told some <laughs> guy he's a F. He's like, you know why? Because you're a beep. I was like, holy hell. He just went nuts. Um, so real quick before we go into this boxing, I thought Elijah was going to be with us, so Jen's going to step in. Jordan, we're going to do this real quick. Uber facts. The most unimportant things you'll never need to know. We got to play around to Uberfax. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know how this goes. I am going to give you... I took a picture of Peppa Pig because he looks like a penis. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk uh, for facts. And you guys need to identify which is the incorrect slash made-up fact. Either I've altered something or it's not real. Um, Jen, will have you go first. Demetrius, will have you go second. And then Jordan, you'll go third. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Um, the first one, the rarest pasta dish on earth, Sufilindu or God's wool, is made by only three women living on the Italian island of Sardinia. Number two, research shows that 50% of Italians don't know their grammar. Number three, back in World War II, hand grenades were measured to weigh the same amount as footballs so people knew how to throw them or how far to throw them. And number four, since the early 1990s, teeny tiny facial hair growths have been officially called beardlets. <laughs> Jen, what is the incorrect fact? Um, I'm going to go with A. The first one? Yeah. The Sardinia. Uh, Demtris. Give me the, the grenade one. The grenade one? Jordan. Um, man. Uh, so wow. three old ladies make pasta. Um, that's interesting. I feel like I saw that in like Net Geo or something. Um, so I'm going to say that's real. I'm going to say that's real. Uh, let's see. The beardlet thing is kind of funny and it feels very, uh, very childish, but I'm going to, I'm going to count that as being real too. It's going to be between the football bit. I feel like it's supposed to be shaped like a baseball because of like how that they were round originally, if I recall. I don't know yeah. if the weight matters. I'm going to go grenade. Grenade? Okay. Um, Jen, you are wrong. What? Yep, that is, that is the correct thing. I don't know where the island is. Um, as for the two of you, uh, grenades were formed to be an object, uh, but it wasn't, it's the beard it wasn't to be weighed like a football. So you are correct. It was meant 
grenades weigh the same amount as a baseball. So you knew, like, throwing a baseball, how far to throw your grenade. Tight. I always think so of that. Uh, Jordan talked it out, and you guys win. Tight. Yeah. Two I, winners I, one I, night. <laughs> Dad, you got the big fat L. I still got the most wins um, doing these Uber pack, though. Uh, Jen, why don't you do this real quick? Why don't you put these headphones on? <laughs> and uh, I beat uh, I beat a professional uh, boxer though. Cut that bitch off! <laughs> oh, really? Are you kidding me? What what happened? Bafflation. Oh, dang. Dang, we got booted again. No, you didn't. I can hear you. Well, that was Sportscast Radio. I tried. I played. <laughs> Cut that bitch off. And I played Bob Felicia. So we were going to watch these shows. Technical, uh, technical issues are definitely falling off on us here. Uh, as we can still hear the guys, and I don't think they know that we Welcome can hear them, which is uh, pretty interesting to the show. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure they'll find uh, out as soon as they can. You. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What the hell keeps going on here? Anyway, I guess we're okay. Man, <laughs> Man we're having problems here. Good thing this is our last segment. Because Blog yeah, Talk is I, being I, a little piece of shit tonight. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I know you guys obviously... I don't uh, think you can hear me. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Man, Blog Talk is killing us. Oh, man, I uh, I feel sorry because I, I can still hear you, which is really weird. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was going to say, you know, we could talk about this past week's fight... But um, I think uh, we, you guys can save that for, obviously, you're going to have a nice big week coming up here. Uh, maybe we can just do a quick outline of this week's huge boxing event, uh, if you wanted to talk those really quick. Yeah, we get um, Dimitri Bavolos fighting, um, I believe he's fighting Isaac Chalemba. Is that who's on the undercard with him? Oh, I didn't see. I didn't even have Bivol's uh, fight on here, actually. I'm, I'm even off one. Yeah, it's uh, Bivol's fighting before Kovalev, and then Kovalev is fighting the leader, Alvarez, who once again uh, got sidestepped by uh, Adonis Chickenson, who's not taking his mandatory. Uh, this is the fifth time that uh, Adonis Stevenson has has uh, basically ducked and sidestepped Chile- uh, uh, leader Alvarez, who was his mandatory. He's paid him five times not have to defend against him. So Kovalev said, screw it, I'll fight you. Let's just do it. Wow. That's huge. Stevenson's a punk, man. Uh, Looks like, yeah, looks like, yeah, they're both going to be in uh, Madison Square Garden there. So, yeah, that should be. uh, The goal is the opener for Kovalev. I just, I can't, is he fighting Chalemba? I can't remember who he's fighting. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Marcus, no, uh, no, I'm not seeing. Actually, I'm not even seeing his next opposition. That's really weird. And I don't know why. I thought he's fighting Isaac Chalamba, but I could be extremely wrong. I'll get the answer right now for you. It is. Yep. Yeah, you're right. It is Isaac Chalamba. Okay. Yeah. So then it's gonna be it's gonna be two fun fights, and then my guess is they're gonna set up for Kovalev and Bivol, uh next. If, in the uh, 
if uh, Isaac gets knocked down and gets back up, that's going to make him old Chalemba Wemba. Yeah. Sorry. I bet you really wish Damn! you had a soundboard. <laughs> I was going to say you wish you had a soundboard for that one. <laughs> oh, man. I'll play this one. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> I like in the background with him saying that you hear somebody listen in the background, somebody else, mm-hmm. Like that like that hype man in the background listening to this. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. Like you got that's like Will Kane, like, yeah, yeah. That's my guy Stephen Smith. He calls him uh, Stephen Smith. You also got uh <laughs> <laughs> other other big fights this week include obviously uh Jillian White versus Joshua Barker. That's gonna be awesome. You got uh Chisora versus Takam. Yeah, Carlos Takam and Derek Chisora. That should be interesting. I I'm surprised Derek Chisora is still going at it, but uh I believe we got uh we got a Diaz against uh Judge Ito. Dang We didn't and for those of you who didn't know, a non-title fight happened last Saturday. Uh, Sarissa kept sore rung beside, fought somebody I don't remember, and it doesn't matter, because, he, oh, he wrestled young Joe Bay uh, out of Thailand. Or fought him. Sorry, not wrestled him. But he, he the ref stopped it with 10 seconds left in the first round. Oof. They asked him why it wasn't a title fight. He's like, I just wanted that tuna. <laughs> so he goes and fights some dude got title, and then he's going to fight again and like, October, knocks wow. the dude out in the first round. I, you know, somebody should let him know about this concept of sparring. Like, you can spar with people if you're just trying to get a round or two in. Like, that's, uh, I, I mean, what is, what is the risk attack? What's his weight class? Um, I think he's 115. Uh, I think we could get Demfris down to, to spar him. I ain't fighting him. <laughs> Run the sides like smiling. All right, round one. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, Jesus, help it. Jesus, take the wheel. Um, so, yeah, that, that's uh, that's the thing. You also obviously have the, the big fight against uh, uh, being uh, Garcia against Easter Jr. there. That's going to be uh, obviously the, the big Yeah, the big unless Garcia yeah, that I should think be. Garcia's got it, but I just I, I don't sleep on Robert Easter. Uh, I think I watched Easter's last fight, and that was um, definitely uh, entertaining. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a good uh, a good boxing match, I think. Um, Robert Easter coming in twenty one and zero um, against Mikey Garcia, who's obviously got some numbers behind him. He's got uh, thirty eight and zero. But yeah, that that fight against Fortuna was uh, actually I thought was. Uh, pretty good in that split decision there. Um, Mikey Garcia coming off of, uh, didn't we bet? Uh, that, uh, Sergei yeah, that's Sergei my Lippinier. dude. I really wish he didn't lose. I really like Sergey. But um, hey, put up a help. I'm surprised Lippinier isn't in the 140 pound world boxing super series. I was a little pissed off about that. Uh, he does have a fight coming up, however, on uh, August 8th. So we will, we get to see some, uh, some uh, more Lipinier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 
he's a great fighter. He's fighting uh, Eric Bone Soldier. Um, oh my God, Eric Bone still fights. Yeah, he's, and that's who he's fighting. So uh, that's uh, that's his next next matchup at the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> Man, so we I think um, I think that what we want to get to obviously is that um, is that HBO list. Yeah, uh, my my mobile is going to die, and I don't know where my charger is. I might have left it at work. Oh no. So, I, so for the sake of blog talk, punch me in the nuts because it's being a little bitch tonight. Um, uh, I want to hear this list. I want to talk through this list real quick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just a quick rundown of that uh, Saturday, August 4th card, though. Uh, Devin Alexander against Andre Berto. Uh, Peter Quillen against Jaleon Love. Uh, Lipinier and Eric Bone. You also got, uh, let's see, uh, Brandon Figueroa against Luis Roy Suarez Cruz. So, a couple, couple names there. I got to say, too, um, I was talking to Elijah about it. Devin Alexander, Andre Berto is like, oh, that's kind of a weak fight in 2018. Sorry, I'm eating. I didn't eat dinner tonight, so I apologize. I tried to eat myself. <laughs> you're, you're on a cell phone at this point. We don't care. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Um, but then again, remember how fun the Brandon Rios Victor Ortiz fight was on PBC on Fox? Like, yeah. At least we're getting Alexander and Berto past their prime, so it'll be like equally past their prime two guys that used to be good. So it might be a really fun fight. Yeah, you know, Alexander, uh, 27-4, and I think one. Um, you know, Berto obviously got um, – God, he's uh, he's still a young guy. He's, what, 30 well, – he's like 36. He's the same age as me. Or uh, you, rather. Um, but uh, – he yeah, he, What's that? He was employed last fight. He got paid. Yeah, you got, you got to get paid. Uh, it's Friday night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Feel all right. Got what, to get what, paid. Who, who, is the instinct version better or worse? Uh, man, I don't even count that. That's not real. That's Damn. Not, don't, don't That's do real. That. No, don't do that. All right, all right. So uh, we'll we'll break down this uh, this really quick here. We'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Lampley region, um, and, and so your your number one uh, your number one seed versus eight seed uh, Miguel Cotto against Muhammad Ali. Who you got? Damn, Ali. Uh, that Sorry, that one kind. Of- yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Ali's career is just something that's truly special. Um, Kodo, Kodo in its own, I mean, in his era, certainly a, a force to be reckoned with, as well as um, just a storied career, uh, well-deserving to be on a, a potential greatest fighter list. Uh, Kodo, when it comes too, I think Kodo, too, would have been a lot higher on the list if it wasn't for that bullshit with Antonio Margarito with the mm-hmm. cement hand wrap. Because yep. that, that his career, I mean, if, with how good Cotto was, I think he could have made a case when he fought Pacquiao and Floyd. Oh, had yeah. He not, I mean, that took years off of his life. Oh, you have to assume that. That's terrible. Uh, obviously, one of the one of the uh, I'm going to talk about uh, maybe underspoken uh, scandals in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> then uh, let's see. Uh, also in the Lansley region here, we'll go with the the two seed, seven seed. We got uh, Pernell Whitaker against Chocolatito. 
what's uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna pick a fighter based on who you wanted to watch one, who you taking? Um, Pernell Whitaker. I think Pernell Whitaker probably would win if it was a no class type thing. But I think before he, you know, if we would have been able to see him more in his prime, I think I would have rather seen Chocolatito because what we did see of him was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Um, let's see here. What else we got here uh, in this Lampala region? Uh, so we got uh, Whitaker. Uh, oh, uh, here we go. M- possibly my favorite, uh, <laughs> my favorite of this uh, of this bit here. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya uh, against Roy Jones. Roy Jones being the three seed. And De La Hoya in the sixth seed? Wow. I, I'll go Roy because De La Hoya fought all the big names. He just didn't beat all the big names. Yeah. Roy Roy could have went down as an all-time great, but I think him getting too risky and moving up to heavyweight and actually winning the heavyweight title, beating John Ruiz, I yeah. think killed his career because it was such a big jump. to jump. I mean, he jumped from – I think he jumped from light heavy up to heavy. And then when he jumped down, he got beat twice in a row by Tarver, who had no business beating him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, not the second round. Uh, obviously pretty special. I, I, if, uh, you know, Roy Jones uh, being what he is, uh, if, if uh, I, I, yeah, I say Roy Jones, fact. I mean, uh, his, his career, his style, his strength, you know, um, he was um, – he he was also an Olympian at what nineteen eighty eight. Um, Roy Jones, uh, one I probably one of the best boxers I did get to see as far as this uh, this goes. I definitely say Roy Jones. Uh, definitely as far as if you were making a pound for pound list, he's got to be on it. Who had a better music list? Oh, 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 oh man! Oh, that's rough. Oh, that's. <laughs> Oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, I, I, I think, uh, even though I loved his videos on BET Uncut, uh, I think Oscar De La Hoya had a little more credibility among the Latin crowds. <laughs> uh, if only he would have made Bailamos. <laughs> Bailamos. Um, here we go. This is going to be uh, some interesting uh, comparables here. You got a heavyweight against somebody who's... Uh, who fought, yeah, the 4-5. Thomas Hearns, his career, um, versus Lennox Lewis. Who, who do you think comes out on a pound-for-pound pound list on top? Oh, God. I'm going to go Lennox. You know, yeah, I mean, obviously Hearns has uh, definitely some classic fights under his belt for sure. Uh, career 61-5-1 record with one, two, three, four uh, weight classes. Lennox Lewis, only one weight class, but he did work. 41-2-1. Uh, uh, big wins, obviously, against, uh, let's see, Mike Tyson, uh, Hasim Raham, uh, Razor Ruddick. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely uh, – God, I, I would uh, – yeah, I, I, God, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say Lennox goal. Lewis. Yeah, it's got to be it's gotta be Lennox Lewis. That's just – Now, I will say um, the Hagler-Hearns first round, uh, when he, uh, Hearns has those gold – or Hagler has those gold trunks on, Mm-hmm. That's one of the best rounds I've ever seen in my life, but I still like overall body. I'll take Lennox. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Let's see. We'll jump ship here on the opposite side. Uh, We're going to go to the Letterman card. Uh, How about... um, Okay, Jim. Okay, 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 Jim. Uh, (laughs) We'll go go with the one. He came out of his bag. He thought he was very good. You know, what, 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 how about uh, Shane Mosley? Wow. Mosley as an eight is extreme. That's like a Kodo thing to me. Um, Mosley had Floyd knocked clean and Floyd barely hung on, which we had never really seen before. I, I'd be dumb to not say Sugar Ray. But I think that this is this is your chance for the crazy upset over anything. Yeah, but it's, I, think, uh, I, think I have to go Sugar Ray. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. I I, I would agree. Also, um, let's see. I'm trying to bounce back and forth between a couple things here. Uh, you got uh, how about the two seven? This one this one will make you uh, make you a little sad. Obviously, you were just talking about the hitman. How about the haggler on the other side with the number two against uh, one <laughs> Triple G at the seven seed? Triple G is seven. Um, I'm going Triple G, man. I think he gets. I think he has a low rating in this tournament because of some of the fights that he's had. But I'm gonna. I will always stand by the fact that this dude was the. His career is going to be marred by the fact that nobody big would fight him, and that's not his fault. I think this dude was in, and by people not wanting to fight him, that to me means he is legit that good. Then, because if it was just ah, he's overrated, people would be in the ring with him. People won't get in the ring with him. Do you now? And and perfectly fine. I'm okay with that. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> Do you think uh, if if Gennady wins this, and then uh, I mean, what's what's the possible next for him? I would love to see Billy Joe Saunders punk ass get in there with him. So if you got if he if he goes back to back, okay, we'll call, we're gonna call it uh, one point five wins against uh, Canelo, and um, <laughs> and then and then beats. Yeah, 1.75. We'll give him that. Um, 1.75 wins against Canelo, and then uh, and then he, he beats Saunders. Uh, could we make an argue, a better argument for Gennady being one of the best champions in boxing? Yes, yes, because I think, I think this is where you, he would have everything open right up where he beats Canelo, he goes on next year, and now he can fight on Cinco de Mayo because he owns the date. Two years running now, and yeah. he fights Billy Joe. He beats him and takes his title, and then in the and then in the fall he goes back and he fights whoever takes the IBF, but the IBF stripped him because he didn't he didn't make his mandatory defense against Derevi and Chenko, even though he wanted to make it. So yeah. I think if you know the next three fights, if we're looking a year from now in September September 2019, and he's beaten Canelo, he beats Billy Joe, and then gets his belt back, he's now undisputed. He has to be up there. 
Nice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's hope this happens. Obviously, we're all excited yeah. for that. Uh, just over uh, just over a month and a half away. Um, the three six matchup in this division is really even better. Uh, a couple a uh, couple light heavyweight champions at one point. Uh, three seed Bernard Hopkins versus Andre Ward. Make your case. I'm going Andre Ward. I'm going SOG. I think SOG is also marred because he had such a big layoff when he had the disputes with Rock Nation and everybody. Um, God, Hopkins was so good, though. Hopkins was, like, the first undisputed until he lost to Vernon Forrest. Um, God, I got to go Andre Ward. Andre Ward went in there. He moved up to 175 because there was nobody left for him to beat, and he went in there and beat Kovalev twice. The first time, I disagree with the outcome, but it is what it is. The second time, he stopped him. I can't disagree with it, whether it was uh, whether it was right in the beat or not. He stopped Kovalev, and <laughs> because of that, I mean, he he deserves his credit. He's undefeated. He's an Olympic Olympic medalist. I mean, this dude won in everything he did. I gotta go Andre Ward, and I think he should be higher than a six. I thought you were gonna say Ward was the three, to be honest with you. Nope, uh, unfortunately, I, I couldn't say that to you. Uh, the the HBO heads did not uh, did not make it happen. I, I I'm gonna say B Hop on this one. Uh, I feel like obviously you know he did the same thing as as what you're saying when he was going uh, for the middleweight there and then moving up. Obviously, he beat a good uh, forty and O Felix Trinidad at, uh, at one point. Uh, which was yeah. uh, his first loss. Huge win uh, at the Garden. Uh, I remember watching that fight. Pretty huge, uh, awesome ordeal as far as it goes. Also uh, went on and beat uh, a fellow by the name of Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, pretty big one, too. Uh, and then, uh, you know, back-to-back on Jermaine Taylor, beat Antonio Tarver. Um, yeah, I, I uh, to win the, the light heavyweight title at that time, uh, also big wins against uh, Roy Jones Jr. Granted, it was late in his career, but man, um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, yeah, Taylor, I think was really beat for the undisputed, not Vernon Forrest. I apologize. Um, but uh, yeah, I I stand. I I think I think this is definitely the the one to go. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I think Hopkins, I think Hopkins, even though both, both in their own right, I think they're good. I think, uh, you know, you want to talk about kind of one of those comparables, so to speak. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to get mad at saying either one, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to take a bit okay. in my opinion. Um, let's see the four five, uh, I'm a little, uh, blatantly ignorant on, which will make me sad because, uh, uh, Salvador Sanchez, a little featherweight action, uh, and yeah. Alexis Arguello, featherweight, uh, super featherweight, Alexis, and lightweight. Alexis Arguello? Yeah. I think Arguello. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, I, I think uh, definitely this is well before uh, our time, or at least my time for sure here. Uh, Ray Mancini, Bobby Chacon, Raphael Lamone. I actually names that I do know, but uh, definitely have not watched any fights. Um, but uh, so I kind of want to abstain from this one, but just based on those three names, since I do know those over uh, over more of uh, Salvador Sanchez, I'd take Alexis on this one. All with you. All with you on that. Pardon? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Gotcha. Uh, we're going to swing over to the old Kellerman region here. Uh, 
this one is going to be one that uh, there will definitely be some interesting talks. Uh, so I'm going to not give you the one eight first. Um, yeah, I, I, I know you're, you're already concerned. Uh, definitely different weight classes here, but, uh, storied careers for both of these guys. And we just brought one of them up. Uh, number two, George Foreman and his nine kids named George versus, uh, number seven, Felix Trinidad. Oh, I love Tito. I remember I was in sixth grade when Tito beat, uh, De La Hoya. And me and my buddy begged my mom to go let us smoke a cigar outside. Uh, and after five minutes of it, she finally let us because my buddy took a cigar from his dad. So we went outside and smoked a cigar, not knowing what we were doing at like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, a, I was a Tito guy. I wasn't the De La Hoya pro when I was a kid. Um, but I think Foreman would beat him. Or, you know, I, I, I'd go Foreman I, I, in, the, in the two. Oh, yeah. But I love you know, Tito. Uh, you know, George, I mean, obviously George has legendary fights underneath his belt. Uh, Joe Frazier, uh, Ken Norton, uh, Michael yeah, Moore. Uh, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Rumble the, in the jungle. I mean, obviously, I mean, but you know, I, I strictly on wins there as far as that goes. But yeah, I, Trinidad, another one that's special for me growing up. Uh, George Foreman, I know more for selling grills than 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 than, than, than knocking them out. So uh, uh, you know, I'm going to give the nod to Trinidad for just personal uh, aesthetic, but Foreman, uh, undisputed as far as being the champion that he is. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm with you. I, I would prefer Trinidad, but I just I can't go against Foreman's pedigree. No, and that's where it's at. It, 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 his pedigree speaks enough for it. Uh, the three six well, match that's pretty well. Three three six boss matchup. Another one where I uh, uh, got to catch some uh, some some back uh, back action of this one too. As far as uh, some older names, um, we got Mark Marco Antonio Barrera, uh, right against uh, let's see Larry Holmes here in their career. Wow. Yeah, I, I think this one kind of stands on its own. Even though uh, Barrera definitely had. Uh, Stellar run. I remember whooping up on uh, Nassim, Prince Nassim Hamed. Uh, he changed. I mean, he ended his career essentially. Yeah. Oh. That's funny. I think there is. I think I just recently read a like a boxing article about what could have been kind of thing. Um, I mean, Nassim Hamed was incredible. He was he was one of my favorite fighters as a kid because whereas he would come in. And and be the the uh, you know the whole the whole cockiness that people didn't like. It was the fact that he beat everybody. Like he came in there and he literally backed it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no, ab- but, absolutely. You know, Barrera's you know Barrera's at super flying weight, super bantam weight, getting his first world title. Um, you know, he was a featherweight, super featherweight. He was a lightweight. I mean, he fought Amir Khan. He fought Pacquiao twice. He, you know, he had the trilogy with Eric Morales. Uh, you know, he fought Marquez. Obviously, the, the Nassim Hamed thing. He had that dope fight with uh, Junior Jones when he uh, when he got beat by Junior Jones. It was his first loss. But then he came back on that comeback like we talked about. And uh, I mean, he had the awesome fight with Rocky Juarez, which was a split, de- split decision draw um, before he lost to Juan Manuel Marquez. But 
I mean, I think Barrera's pedigree is kind of like, I mean, speaks for himself. I got to take Barrera in this one. Yeah, Holmes only 44 fights. Biggest wins are would be uh, against Ken Norton in a 15-rounder, uh, Ernie Shavers, and Jerry Cooney. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with what, uh, what you're throwing at me as far as definitely what we watched growing up there. Uh, this one will be another good uh, – well, I won't say it'll be good. I think this one will be uh, kind of one-sided. Uh, four seed Evander Holyfield. I got to touch the hand that hit the man over and over again. That dude's awesome. I love Evander Holyfield uh, against the yeah. number five Michael Spinks. Who you got? Ooh. Give me the real deal because his game was dope on the Genesis. Oh dang Genesis! Uh, obviously, a Holyfield getting robbed in the Olympics. Um, also, a story career, the bite, the fight. I mean, the champion beat Riddick Bowe. Uh, obviously, the Tyson TKO. Uh, yeah, it's um, gosh, I think uh, that's that one speaks for itself. You can't you can't go against the real deal. Uh, are you ready for that one versus eight? Give it to me. This man is fifty and zero. Oh no, and, and uh and obviously he's got some wins. he's got some wins against uh Diego Corrales. Yeah, this is just a this is just their boxing like who's who's kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's just HBO's that's putting it on as far as the list goes. Uh Floyd uh so against somebody who's only got 12 fights. Lomachenko. Vasil Lomachenko. Beating Gary oh, Russell Jr., wow. Guillermo Rigondeaux, Jorge Linares. Uh, obviously, I, here's here's this this is unfair at this point in his career is what I will say. Uh, Floyd is obviously the person that should come out ahead in regards to um, the 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 career. I would love to see them both fight at uh, at lightweight because. That would be pretty bossy. Man, you have to go Floyd, I think. But I tell you what, man, if Lomachenko is just going to get better and better from what he already is, it's hot. It's it's a it's a lot closer than it seems. I think. It, for me, it just sucks that he lost so early. <laughs> Well, I mean, what do you expect when the dude's going for a title in his, like, second pro fight? And to be fair, he that was a BS decision. I mean, it was such it was such a shoddy rematch or shoddy decision that Salido refuses to even give him a rematch. Because mm. Salido knew he didn't win that fight. I'm going to have to rewatch that like, one. Like, that's, like, that's my problem. You know, like, I'm I'm going on Wikipedia right now, right here. Lomachenko attempted to make history by winning a world championship in the second fight and breaking, uh, I ain't even going to pronounce that name, who won a junior ultimate world title in his third pro fight. He challenged veteran boxer Leonor Orlando Salido for the title. Uh, the title became vacant after Salido failed to make weight, weighing in 128 and a quarter pound over the 126 limit. On fight night, he rehydrated to 147 pounds, which was equivalent to the welterweight limit. Mm. Lomachenko shielded from engaging Salido throughout the fight, something that his opponent exploited. Late surgeon saw him injure Salido in the final round, was able to change the final result. 
losing a controversial split decision despite landing 164 out of 441 versus 142 out of 645 for Salido. Two, two judges had it 116-112 and 115-113, while the third had it 115-113 Lomachenko. ESPN had it a draw, for which Lomachenko stated was fair and not blaming. Um, I mean, Salido was in there, like it says, uh, the referee of the fight, Lawrence Cole, was roundly criticized by many boxing media outlets for his perceived failure to properly conduct the match. They mentioned that the referee allowed Salido to deliver an inordinate number of low blows. Salido was also criticized for failing to make weight, and some sources stipulated that he did so intentionally, as well as coming back much heavier than Lomachenko in fight night. So they fought at 126, and he weighed 147 pounds. <laughs> and threw multiple low blows, didn't get them called, and it still took a split decision where one judge gave it a 7-5. And this was in his second pro fight. And Tonyo will not give Lomachenko a rematch for it. All right, you, you, you swayed me. I'm still going to go back and watch it and look out for these low blows, but obviously the rest of the BS is inexplainable, uh, especially uh, the overweight aspect, especially when yeah. you're a champion. That stuff still blows let, let my mind. If you're a champion, you're coming in overweight. Bingo. And let me say these numbers for you. 140 or 164 out of 441 Lomachenko, 142 out of 645 for Salido. Wow. He landed 22 less punches and threw 204 more. That's <laughs> what crazy. more do you need? Yeah. Oh, just the trash. Just tra- trash. Trash. <laughs> Where's the damn noise? Where is it? Where, 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 there it is. Trash. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, so another fun uh, a fun. Another fun corner for this uh, this best fight. Um, let's see. So we went over uh, uh, we went over the Merchant region there. We've already been over the Lampley region. We've done the Kellerman region. There's only one region left. Um, I'm sorry. There is only one region left, and that is the Kellerman region. Um, and this one will be a fun one also. So this one, I am going to skip the two seed. Uh, just for the sake of uh, argument here. Um, but the one versus eight, Roberto Duran versus Eric Morales. Go. So Eric Morales, who was the first one? Roberto Duran. Oh, I will go Duran. Yeah, easy, all day. Uh, Roberto, uh, obviously, 103 and 16. <laughs> That's a career. Uh, one, two, uh, what is that? Four, four weight classes, uh, peaking at middleweight, started at lightweight. That is gross. Um, big wins against Ray Leonard in a 15-rounder back when they still did that. Um, just, just for the better part of damn near uh, 20, what is that, 20? Shit, that's almost 30 years. Um, man put in work. Uh, Eric Morales, uh, big, uh, big wins against, uh, Paulie Ayala and Manny Pacquiao. Um, but definitely not the pedigree that, uh, you would expect from one Roberto Duran. Duran takes that easy. Yeah, the tr- you know, good trilogy too. We talked about with Marco Antonio Guerrero. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, uh, the four five here. Um, uh, no, let's go to the three. We'll go to the three. Smoking Joe Frazier uh, against Aaron Pryor. Uh, oh, that's a good one. 
the, yeah, actually, this one's probably like this one's probably sort of close-ish. Wow. Who you got? I got Joe. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's had classic fights with, with the greatest. Um, yeah, I, I just, I can't not uh, take Joe Frazier on this one. I mean, prior, prior you know, knocked out uh, Arguello twice. I I think I might go prior. I wow. mean, he had the drug addiction and came back and and still went crazy. Um, you know, one of the, one boxing Hall of Fame voted him as the greatest light welterweight in the history of the sport. Um, and it's and it's that's a voting body composed of current and former fighters. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he he passed away from you know from bad situations, but he's thirty nine and one, thirty five knockouts. I mean, the dude was. I mean, he got in trouble smoking cocaine and stuff. I mean, this dude was had troubles and still did, you know, as much as he did do. Um, I, I, I'm going to go prior. I just, you know, from all the stuff I've seen from back in the day, back in the way, back in the day and hearing a lot about him, I, I, I felt like prior was a guy who was just so much better than anyone ever gave him credit for. Hmm. That's what I'd like to hear Elijah's take on, those two. Yeah, and absolutely. I wish we would have had him here tonight. Uh, obviously, but again, you know, a trilogy against Muhammad Ali. Um, obviously, part of that taking place, if I recall, uh, shortly or one before and then one after Ali didn't get, uh, he had to give up the belt. Um, but uh, he, let's see, lost or won the first one, lost the, the subsequent two. Um, two losses against Foreman, couldn't quite get it done. Um, TKO'd against in one of them, uh, actually in both of them. He took two big losses to George Foreman, apparently. Um, I'm still going to give it to Joe, though. Joe's, Joe's the deal. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's just where I'm at with it. Pro- probably one of the best Philly people. Like, Joe should have a statue in Philly, not, uh, not Rocky. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that is that. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Duran Morales. Uh, here we go. The four or five. Uh, this one will be a fun one for you. I know. Uh, let's see here. Juliar, Julio Cesar Chavez. Juan Manuel Marquez. Chavez. Is that another one? Just length and body of work. Yeah, I mean that dude was like, like people praised him in like he was like a god in Mexico. Oh yeah, twenty-five uh, year career, I mean, at, eighty-five KOs. Like, yeah, what do you have, like ninety-three wins or something? Hundred and seven. God, yeah, I'm going Chavez. Yeah, that uh, is like, hey, you want to fight? Cool, I'll fight you. Whap, start whooping people's ass. Uh, big wins. I remember watching this fight. Uh, shout outs to the old Continental Cable Vision uh, box uh, against Hector Camacho back in 1992. Uh, yeah, Macho Camacho. Yeah, boy. Hector Camacho. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Hector Macho Camacho became a big deal on Wednesday night fights on USA or whatever. Yeah, Tuesday night fights, I think it was. Yeah, Tuesday night fights. Because uh, you go Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Fights, Wednesday you're watching like uh, Duckman or something. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was a good time. And LaFemme Nikita. Yeah, shout out to LaFemme Nikita right after Raw. Uh, but yeah, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, if if only uh, people living off the name were as good. Um, <laughs> Quit on the store against Fon Fares, punk ass. <laughs> All right, number. This is the number two, uh, number two seven. This one I, I abstained because um, person with a great career with both of these with great careers with ups and downs um, and definitely a lot of dominance. Uh, the number two seed won Manny. I thought I won the fight. Pacquiao against number seven, Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah, I, I was waiting for Tyson. Gosh, you know Tyson in a very short time was the scariest human being alive. But if you want to go body of work and what they accomplished, I think Manny Pacquiao deserves the win. I would, I in do. Fact, Demetrius just made a, Demetrius made a really good point. When Tyson fell, he fell so hard. Yeah. But he, you know, he's also another one of those, just like Ali, where you lost years of his prime. Uh, obviously, with the you know the 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 rape conviction that he still obviously uh, um, claims innocence of, but he lost years of that potential uh, in being locked away. Whereas obviously Ali, uh, you know, uh, abstaining with the conscientious objector and and the BS that occurred with him, but uh, yeah, that's a pretty pretty rough shot there. I I I do want to agree. Um, Gosh, uh, I mean Tyson was Tyson. You can't, you can't not do that. But you know, I mean, it just it was what it was. You know, when you look at Pacquiao, when he lost, you know, he's two of his. I think Pacquiao's got like seven losses. Yeah, I think so. Um, his two big controversial losses that he shouldn't have lost, he didn't lose. The judges just got it wrong. Tim Bradley won. And the fight with uh, the butt nut that Terrence Crawford just beat up. The butt nut. Jeff Horn. Yeah. You know, uh, look what Buster Douglas did to Tyson. And Buster Douglas didn't do anything after that. You know, there's, there's, and have you ever watched some of the behinds on that one? Like, uh, yeah, I think, I, I, uh, remember, I, I remember ordering a fight there at the Tokyo Dome. I watched yeah. that my grandparents. But uh, Tyson, I guess, like his sister passed away that weekend or something like that. Like, it, there's, there's, there's some more, there's, there's some weird things that went along with it, like that, and I get that all put that. him out of his mode. But, but, but that aside, uh, the eighty-seven, you know, the eighty-seven to probably what ninety, ninety-one, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, or ninety rather, 80, 87 to eighty-nine before the Buster Douglas bit. Uh, you weren't doing anything. I mean, he beat the, beat the crap out of uh, Larry Holmes, beat the crap out of Tony Tucker, beat the crap out of uh, Michael Spinks. Tony. And Tony Tucker was 34-0 and 0 at the time. Yeah. And, you know, so, I, I mean... I'm dogging him. Uh, no, I, I know. I look at Tony Tucker like, uh, like when, you know, when, when Golovkin fought Curtis Stevens. 
Yeah. You know, just thinking, you know, he's 32 and all. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree I with that. Like, I'm not – and I don't disagree whatsoever, right? I mean, Tyson deserves the case he's been given. But, like, you look at, look at when he first said, you're like, you know, 87-90 when he dominated. And you're like, I mean, 88-89. to 89. So it immediately shrunk in half. Yeah. But you immediately had to cut it to two years. Well, and then, I mean, you well, know, he, and then he, he dominated back up to that. Got, but, I, I, you know, I had to include the uh... – the bit, you know, the the funny thing about uh, obviously the uh, the Tony Tucker bit is he, uh, in order to get the championship belt that he had, uh, do you remember who he beat? I do not. Uh, it was James Buster Douglas. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, yeah, super, super. Yeah, and definitely. As talk well about, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty crazy as far as that goes. But yeah, Tyson, the. I'd still, man. I, I look at it like this: when when you're looking at an all-time list where you're ranking these fighters, yeah, Tyson. If you want to take who had the most impactful, you know, span when they were hot, you can't disagree with them. But if you want to look at career, Manny Pacquiao still, you know, he just won another title. Yeah. Yep, you you, I mean, you 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 are one hundred percent correct. You are one hundred percent correct. He just beat Lucas Matisse and won a title, and he's trying to fight Terence Crawford. You know, and I don't think he's going to beat Crawford by any means. But I'll tell you what: if I'm Crawford, I'd be going, "Well, what's the upside to this? If I beat beat up a knockout Manny Pacquiao, great. I beat up the old guy. But if I lose to him, that yeah. hurts me way more than it hurts Pacquiao. So Pacquiao's coming out with nothing to lose." And I'm the one who needs to gain on this. So it's, that's a dangerous fight. And I that's hope it happens because I think Crawford's the guy who will take a risk. And I think Crawford beats Pacquiao. But I still say to this day, I mean, dude, Manny Pacquiao beat the hell out of Lucas Matisse. I, I yeah. did not in a million years expect him to bomb on him as bad as he did. Like, oh, yeah, he would have worked. Him, but holy cow. I mean, Tyson. Pacquiao came out like, he was he was pissed like it was just a Jeff Horn fight. I need to make statements. You know, our, our argument for for Tyson here, if if because again I got to play the devil's advocate. So uh, he loses to Buster Douglas, comes back next fight, beats uh, beats Henry Tillman, uh, and then uh, Alex Stewart, Donovan Ruddick, Donovan Ruddick, and then he gets locked up. So he was on a one two three four fight win streak. Uh, comes and, out. And- Razor Ruddick was, I mean, didn't he lose to Ruddick by, like, DQ? No, I was thinking it's Roy Jones who got DQ'd in a fight. I don't even know why Ruddick fought him a second time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why either, because uh, obviously that, that first one he got smoked. Um, but uh, so Donovan Ruddick, uh, and then, uh, then he gets locked up. He comes out, he beats Peter McNeely, Buster Mathis, yeah, Frank Bruno, uh, Bruce Selden. So to become uh, obviously a champion again, actually with Frank Bruno, he also got it there. Um, and then he, then he faces Holyfield. Um, in that, uh, in that span, let's see, he had one, two. So one, two, three in a, I, he, he does. Holyfield was on two months rest. Holy Christ. Holy Christ. Literally, literally but I mean, that was back when guys used to fight like that. Oh, I know that. I mean, but I just find, but at, at the heavyweight level, I just find that crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I, yeah, I just, no, I, I, I've got some brains with you. That, you know, so, I mean, I, you know, for, so he fought, he fought Buster Mathis in December of 95 and then turns around in March and faces Frank Bruno. So that's a three-monther. Um, then in, then he takes six months to go against Bruce Selden. And then he goes two months against Evander Holyfield. Uh, crazy. But, but, you know, I, I still, I, I kind of wonder what would have happened in that four-year gap. Would it, been, would it have been dominance? Because I, I kind of want to lean towards, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a reason not to think that. Because uh, oh. Douglas beat Tyson and went out and, uh, and did what? Uh, who, who, do you end up lo- who do you end up losing to? Tyson? No, uh, after, after he beat Mike Tyson, he, uh, he lost it to Holyfield, right? Yeah, lost to Douglas to yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, and that was that, – how many fights in was he when that happened? Who, Tyson? Yeah, when he lost to uh, Holyfield. Uh, when he lost to Holyfield, that was probably about 30 fights in. One, two, three, four, so, five. I look at Manny Pacquiao, and he's, you know, 40-some fights, 42 fights or some number in. Yeah. He loses to Eric Morales, so consider, and he loses his title. Yeah. Um, so let's equate that to Holyfield beating Tyson. Yeah. He then went on and TKO'd Morales in the 10th, 10 in the defense, and then he KO'd Morales in a rematch in the third round. He yeah. came back and avenged those losses. He yeah. lost to Timothy Bradley and gets – gets KO'd by Marquez back-to-back fights. He comes back and beats Bradley. Um, and then, obviously, Marquez had retired, but he already beaten Marquez a couple times. Um, he had the draw, and they beat him. So, like, I guess, you know, playing that devil's advocate, to, advocate too, you know, he, instead of losing his title to Morales and losing the rematch, he beats him twice handedly. Tyson yeah. loses the Holyfield, comes back, fights him again, bites him because he's getting his ass kicked so bad in the first couple rounds. And okay. his answer to that after that is he goes and fights Francois Bolta, the white buffalo or whatever. <laughs> and there he almost got TQ'd for trying to break his arm. I uh, I remember watching that one too. Yeah, you know, the, the Holyfield fight, I feel like that's something that probably should have happened two years earlier. But again, that um, you know, the, the lockup definitely threw it, threw it out there. I, I think that would have been a great collision course earlier on in their careers too where they both would have and been right say, around. Let me say this last part to you, too, for the Pacquiao case. After he KOs Morales in the third, he then goes on and beats Marquez, moves up in weight, beats David Diaz, moves up again in weight, beats De La Hoya, beats Ricky Hatton, wins another title, moves up in weight, beats Cotto, and wins another title, beats Josh Claudie, moves up in another weight class, beats Antonio Margarito to take another title. Then he beats Mosley, and then he beats Marquez again mm. before getting that BF loss to Bradley. So he this dude comes it. in I, after I agree. Fight. I agree. I, I'm a big what-if fan. That's all. I'm a big what-if. I, like I, right. I would like to have those missing four years. We never know. You know what the Mike Tyson what-if is to me, and this isn't trying to go back to it because it's the only thing I talk about. What if Shaq would have stayed in shape and they would have got along? Yeah. What if what if Shaq didn't want to leave, he said, because he was sick of Kobe bossing him around because he wanted to be fat and out of shape? 
I mean, who's to say they wouldn't have won six, seven, eight titles? Yo, Subway's good, bro. All right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you, know, you got to get the cheese and the oil and the mayonnaise. <laughs> that's one of those beauty things where I'm with you. I love the ones. What if they're great? A great provider to a lot of things. I just, it's, it's just, I don't know. When Tyson had gotten a rematch with, with Douglas, beat him, and then fought Holyfield that much earlier. And maybe it changes everything. And I think the biggest what if that we're not we're not talking about is what if um what if what's his name wasn't Mick wasn't Mick his guy his trainer what if he didn't die? Oh yeah. Because when you know, he died, that's when Tyson got all crazy. Oh, when Customato died. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's Mick. That's Rocky. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah. When when, when, uh, when when he when he died. That's what threw, I think, everything on for Tyson, and I think that's why he started doing all that stuff. I think that was oh, yeah, the biggest you know, one. Yeah, I'm sure what if he kept him, uh, never passed and been his trainer. Yeah, but I mean, he was, he was damn near 80 years old. I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. Cuss, yeah, yeah. After after that, it, it was it was in Don King's hands, and then boom, game over. Mm-hmm. Thanks, you Don know, King. And I'll say this: Manny Pacquiao's winning all these titles while still playing pro basketball in the Philippines, running a country, and having a singing career, which we played music of his two weeks ago. Uh, why? <laughs> this dude does it all. You know what? I say Manny Pacquiao would have beat Floyd Mayweather had he not been injured. I'll stand by that. Punk ass mm. Mayweather. I only fight you when you got problems. Or your Andre Berto. I uh <laughs> or your Andre Berto. Um but you know, <laughs> one thing about Mike Tyson, he did give us one of the finest uh the finest stories and beats of all time in boxing. Uh him versus Mitch Green. And he also told us, I'm going to rip out your heart and feed it to your children. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> that man can cut some promos. My defense is impregnable. <laughs> <laughs> my, my offense is prejudiced. I'm, I'm a ferocious. I love it. <laughs> uh, s- send us out, man. Tell us what's going on the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow... I'm hoping we get a pop culture. It might be Alex with a new face. So that'll be kind of interesting. Um, we should have our mid-year awards for WrestleCast out this weekend. Uh, last week, we just ran into a little hiccup with um, just kind of connecting. You know, real life happens. Things happen. Um, so we're going to rock that out next week. I cannot wait to do that. Um, I'm going to try to send us out with this. I don't know how it's going to sound, but we'll figure it out. Uh, next week, everything should be back to normal. <laughs> we have a lot of big changes coming up, but they're all for the good. They're all exciting, and it's going to give you better and more content that everybody wants. That, that That's what we're all about here at Strong Style. So we can't wait for you all. Thank you all for the support. I think this is going to play. Even though I'm speaking for I'm going to try to play this right now. We're going to let Nick Hagberg take us out. We will catch you all next week, Sportscast Radio. Oh, unable to play sound during call. We will not be hearing about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is this week's Get to Know Him. We will save Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. for next week. <laughs> Jordan, thanks a lot for everything, and we will see y'all on Sportscast Radio. <laughs>